This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. We are going to go over everything that happened in Week 9 on Sunday. A lot going on. Justin Fields, oh my goodness, exploding. Like yeah. he's, he, wow, what a, what, what a performance. We, we basically saw the best rushing performance ever by a quarterback in history. Yeah, essentially, we, essentially. I mean, there's I mean, that one. They said that, you know, Colin Kaepernick ran for 181 in the playoffs, but I don't really count playoffs because that's not fantasy football. You know, the best fantasy football performance on the ground by a quarterback comes via Justin Fields this week. And after tearing up two good defenses in the Patriots and the Cowboys, if this is what he's doing to the Dolphins defense, which isn't that bad, you know, they just got Bradley Chubb. What's he going to do next week to the Lions? <laughs> like, you got to win Lions next week. I didn't, I didn't even see that. Is yeah. He? Mm-hmm. oh boy oh boy all right <laughs> it's gonna be bad um hope everyone's doing well on this monday let's go go into everything that happened in in week nine just to kind of get you ready for week 10 uh first things first frank reich head coach of the indianapolis Colts, colts just got fired yep he's done jim ursay just tweeted that frank reich is done with the team the three and five not not where they wanted to be. Seemed like, you know, they, they want to kind of turn things around. I guess after what the Colts offense has shown, you know, this pa- these past couple of weeks, it hasn't been great. Uh, you know, and it's possible that the Colts might go end up going back to Matt Ryan. <laughs> like, yeah. I can totally see that happening. Sam Ellinger, you know, has not looked good, right? Especially yesterday on Sunday. He did not look good at all. Seemed lost out there. So I can totally see, you know, the next head coach saying, all right, let's bring back in Matt Ryan. You can't tell me that Sam Ellinger gives you a better chance than Matt Ryan. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. just hasn't looked good. The experiment, was, you know, went wrong. You know, Frank Reich, I, he, you know, he was probably like, no. It's either Sam Ellinger stays at quarterback or I, or just fire me. And they said, okay, we will <laughs> fire you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Frank Reich is a good offensive coach, you know, overall. I think he'll find his way. I think he'll he'll get another job. You know, is he allowed to like work this season? Like, is that possible? Like, can another team just like pick yeah, him up and say like, like hey, like, like, can you, can you be our head, our offensive coordinator? Uh, uh, I don't know. What about the Steelers? Uh, yeah, Steelers maybe. Could use some, the Steelers could use some offensive coaching help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where he ends up landing. I would assume he's, you know, might take a vacation for the rest of the season and then, you know, 
come back next season as a you know a pretty good offensive coach. But he you know he he did you know handpick a couple quarterbacks over the last couple of seasons didn't really work out so well for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know we'll see how they do moving forward. But Deion Jackson, you know he he was the guy for them, right? Eighty yeah. percent of snaps, you know, before he ended up leaving the game in the third quarter. Um, you know, he, he ended up with a knee injury, right? He left the game. Jordan Wilkins was the next man up. You, you never know. Zach Moss could make his debut next week if Jackson can't go. Uh, it seems like he was he had a hyperextended knee. That's like what the initial thoughts are. And if yeah. that's the case, then most likely he'll be back next week. Um, but we'll see. You know, Jonathan Taylor on deck. It's possible that he ends up playing next week, but we'll see how that works out. And this entire offense, you know, is going to be interesting to see like what, you know what, what kind of changes the next coach makes you know there's no word on who's got that guy going to be yet maybe there is i haven't checked yet yeah. um but in terms of like you know who, who the guys are like i would want to just you know keep paris campbell you know on my bench if i'm not starting him right obviously hold on to michael Pittman. obviously um you know you kind of want to see what alec pierce can do there's some talented pieces on this offense that you know could potentially get better you know if the philosophy changes if they use guys different ways you know the offensive line hasn't been great but can you do something from a coaching perspective that could mitigate that right there are yeah. a few things that can happen uh with a head coaching change yeah and with Deion jackson just to hit on his injury quick if you watch a game it looked exactly like a hyperextended knee it's not like one that you got to think about it and maybe it's like oh could be this that the other he was warming it up he was trying to you know like keep it warm and looked like he's gonna right. try and get back in the game so he, it doesn't look like it's gonna be something that's long term but I kind of feel bad for Frank, right? Because he's kind of dealing with, you know, the injury bug right now, especially at running back. And then obviously Matt Ryan didn't work out for them. You, you turn to a rookie quarterback. At that point, it's like the circumstances are so bad. It's like, I don't think Matt, I don't think Frank Reich is going to be like, you know, upset. I think he understands what's going on this season isn't all necessarily his fault. But as we've said with coaching changes, sometimes they light a fire under a team's ass. Like we saw that with the Panthers and they had two really good weeks of fantasy production out of nowhere. And they've obviously come back down to earth. We'll get into that later, but Mm -hmm. this could help, you know, if Jonathan Taylor could come back and get healthy and maybe like you said, they turn back to Matt Ryan. I think at this point it's looking like he gives them a better chance to win, even though, you know, he was turning it over a lot. Sam Ellinger, you know, at least he, he, he looked lost. At least Matt Ryan looked like an NFL quarterback in those games. It's just a bad situation for him. If they go back to Matt Ryan, and Jonathan Taylor gets healthy. I think we could start to see this offense kind of come back together. Um, but right now, it, it wasn't looking good. Um, what we kind of figured was going to happen did happen. Bill Belichick's defense just ate a young quarterback alive, Matt Judon. You know, shout out to him. He's just a monster with those red sleeves coming up the edge. You know where he's coming from every single play, and they still can't cover him. Um, it, it was just a rough showing, and it ended up with Frank Reich being fired. Um, I wasn't necessarily anticipating that, but, you know, it kind of makes sense the way the season's going. I don't think you have anything to worry about with Deion Jackson. I think he should be good to go next week. Um, I'm not a doctor, but if Jonathan Taylor comes back, obviously you're starting him. Dr. Rizzuto with the goods. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cordell Patterson, we're moving on to Atlanta real quick. He came back. He had two touchdowns in this game. Uh, it was a three-man timeshare uh, for the most part in his first game back. You know, Both Patterson and Algier pretty much split snaps down the middle. Uh, 38% yeah. of snaps each. Uh, the rest of the snaps were played by Caleb Huntley and uh, you know a little bit of Avery Williams. And I think next week it's possible that we see Patterson start to take a, a, a larger role, right? But Algier mm-hmm. did look good, right? He had that big run. 
And it's possible that both he and Patterson start to make this more of a two-man backfield. I can totally see that happening. Uh, I think both are going to be fantasy viable just because, like, this is a run-first offense. That's how they want to beat teams. And, yeah. you know, Patterson, he did get all the goal line snaps over Algier uh, in this game. So that that's that's a, that's good for Patterson's value. Uh, on top of that, you know, his I think his snap share is only going to go up, but right? he's not going to see 38% mm-hmm. of snaps. So I can see this being at least 50 to 60% of snaps for quarter Patterson next week. And, you know, he's going to be a pretty good fantasy asset. Like, you're going to have to rank him, you know, in the top 24 running backs at the very least. I think easily top 24 for Cordero Patterson, especially if, you know, like we said, his his touches go up. Tyler Algier looks pretty good, too. I think that this is going to settle into a, a one-two punch between Algier and Cordero Patterson with Cordero Patterson having the edge, um, especially, like you said, his volume goes up because he scored two touchdowns on relatively limited carries, um, 13 carries to Tyler Algier's 10. I think Algier has done enough at this point that he's kind of cemented himself as a, a nice piece in this backfield that he's not going to be, you know, like losing out on time that much, even though Cordero Patterson is healthy or he's going to be healthy. I think even if he wasn't 100% this week, he looked really good anyway. So obviously he's explosive. And Caleb Huntley and Avery Williams, you know, they spelled him and they were, they were all right. And we talked about Damian Williams maybe being part of this backfield. I don't really see that coming into play at this point, the way that the rest of these running backs have played. Um, Cordero Patterson, obviously you're starting him. Um, as an RB2. I, you might be able to get away with Tyler Algier as a flex in certain games. I'm not sure if he's going to be as reliable as he's been with Cordero Patterson, Patterson banged up, but he has upside. I mean, he's shown that he's an explosive ball carrier, you know, 10 for 99. That's that's pretty good. Um, and he had that one explosive run. He ran, I think it was like a 40-yard. Was it was it a run or a catch? I don't know. He took a run or a catch early in the game, and he you know, went long distance. I, th- I think it was, a, it was, I think it was a run. I think yeah, was, I'm okay. pretty sure it was a run. Yeah. So it was runs. But he, the point is he looked good. You know, he passes the eye test. He's not exactly Travis Etienne, but he's, he's definitely explosive and he deserves time on the field. So I think if two running backs are going to come out of this backfield, it's going to be Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. Um, Algier won't be as reliable, but he'll have week to week flex appeal. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. Um, all right, let's see what else is going on here. Mike uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, two straight big games now, right? He caught yeah. eight of nine targets for 92 yards, 36% targets here in this game. Um, the Jets are going to be on a bye, right? So Corey mm-hmm. Davis uh, has a chance of coming back in week 11. That can potentially have an effect on Garrett Wilson's target share because Corey Davis, like Zach Wilson, was looking for Corey Davis, you know, early, earlier on in the season before he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering, Elijah Moore played half the snaps that Garrett Wilson did in this game. It seems like he's still... Uh, in the doghouse, Denzel Mims is playing over Elijah Moore uh, as a starting wide receiver. So that tells you what you need to know there. So I wouldn't bank on Elijah Moore making any sort of impact this season, uh, you know, at, at mm-hmm. this point. Like we kind of figured that earlier. But yeah. now the fact that, you know, he's still not getting snaps, still not getting targets, that's not good for him. But Garrett Wilson, like he can be, he can make a late season run here. Um, yeah. You know, even when Corey Davis is back, I wouldn't sleep on him because he's obviously, you know, he's a top 10 pick in this draft. Very talented. Right. Play with Chris Olave at, at Ohio State. Both these guys, you know, should be top end wide receivers in the NFL. And they've, they've already showed their potential. So uh, yeah. don't sleep on Gary Wilson as a potential fantasy starter for you uh, once they're back from by. I, I think it's 100 percent fair. Before I get into Elijah Moore, I just want to say congratulations to your Jets. For beating the Bills. Like, I didn't see that coming. If I, if I was betting, I would have lost so many yesterday. You know what I'm saying? 
Dude, the Jets look really good. The Jets are six and three. This is I was talking to a buddy of mine. You know, we talked about this. This is like the Mark Sanchez Rex days when the offense stunk, but the <laughs> defense was carrying were carrying you, and the offense made the plays when they needed to. Right? That's yeah. kind of how the Jets have been winning these games and a lot of close games. The Jets have been winning some really close games, which is another testament to the head coaches, right? To all the coaching staff. Like that's what you want. You yeah. want to win these close games and against the Bills, the Bills are 0 2 against the division right now, right? Yeah. They have they're, they're one game, they're half game ahead of the Jets, you know, in, in the division standings. And the Jets are 2 and 1, I think, in the division or 2 and 0 in the division, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not going to take much. And then you, on top of that, you look at Josh Allen real quick to get into that. He has an elbow injury, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he, he said after the game that he was in pain, something that he's going to have to deal with. So, I'm wondering, I'm really curious to see what this elbow injury is and if it's going to affect those deep passes. Um, yeah. And it might, right? <laughs> so, like, that's something to kind of keep an eye on, not only if you're a Bills fan, but if you have Josh Allen or a guy like Gabriel Davis, you know, in your lineup, like, is he going to be able to, you know, hit those bombs deep, right? Yeah. And and I, I would hope so. I think he'll be fine. But, again, like, I'll call, I'll call myself Dr. Siddiqui here and there. <laughs> But, you know, I, I don't really know what kind of effect this is going to have on Josh Allen for the rest of the season. So just something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, yeah dude, the Jets, man, 6-3. <laughs> and three, This is pretty exciting, right? Because this is the best start that they've had uh, in 12 years. Yeah. So, Robert Sala, you know, all of it's coming together right now. Like, we had, you know, a pretty good confidence in, in, in our GM, right, in, in J.D., uh, Joe yeah. Douglas. And, you know, now that, you know, the pieces that they've been putting together – and then the depth on top of it, right? Like Brees Hall, you know, he's gone. But listen, mm-hmm. like we have some guys who can not – we're not going to be anywhere close to what we were doing with Brees Hall. But, you know, Michael Carter, James Robinson, you know, these guys will hold the fort at least. Uh, and then we lost Elijah Vera Tucker. But our depth on the offensive line too, right, is, is you know, they're going to do some things as well. So, like, really, really good job putting the team together and the Robert Sala taking it, you know, taking it to where we need to go. Right. Yeah. And then um, also, yeah, go ahead. So, so, Sauce Gardner looks really good. I, I, I was saying he looks really good. But, you know, it's funny the whole week, right? Like we were talking about the matchup between Stefan Diggs and Sauce, and he got, you know, Stefan Diggs caught the best of him early, right early on in that game where he kind yeah. of beat him. And Sauce was, Sauce seemed nervous on that play because he did something like uncharacteristic where like he thought he was going to jam him up. Stefan mm-hmm. Diggs ran, ran right by him uh, and caught that big play. But outside of that, he held it down pretty well. He got that key pick right mm-hmm. late in that game. And, and right. Sauce, Sauce is, Sauce is going to be a good player in this league, man. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, to hit back on Elijah Moore, what we were saying before, yeah. if you watch, and I'm sure you're watching a game, but if you watch a game, I saw him run this weird-ass motion, running like circles around Zach Wilson at least four times. Like <laughs> They're using him to try and throw the defense off, and that's it. And they know the ball is not going to him. It's just a wonder why he's on the field. I think it's hilarious. I thought it was funny just seeing it because, like, what is he doing at this point? He's wasting his time. You know, it, it just looks ridiculous. It made me laugh a little bit, but not so much because I'm laughing at him. I'm just wondering, like, man, he really is just stuck doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's interesting, man. You know, and listen, uh, they got the win, you know, against yeah. against the Buffalo Bills. And that was without Elijah Moore getting a target. So the, the Jets are doing what they want at this point. And if a guy is going to complain – I guess that, you know, they're kind of putting their foot down and saying like, hey, like, listen, like you haven't been producing. So you're going to complain on top of that. This is what's yeah. going to happen. 
I, mm. I get it. I get it from a leadership perspective, from a coaching perspective. I get it. You know, I totally get it, even though I'm a big, big fan of Elijah Moore yeah. as a player. So it is what it is. Hopefully, you know, we, we can get that situation right. And Elijah Moore, you know, can get to a point where he's very productive in the league. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to talk about the, the split real quick. Just wanted to mention it uh, between Michael Carter and James Robinson. They basically split snaps down the middle in this game. Uh, Carter, you know, had the slight edge in snaps. Uh, but he also looked better, and he had some more. He had more production. And Michael Carter did get a red zone touchdown in this game, uh, but James Robinson got the one goal line snap. So that's worth yeah. noting. Uh, he did catch a touchdown as well. Um, you know, kind of like a little, little little screen, and 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 got the ball in the end zone after that soft Gardner pick. Um, but you know, just kind of worth noting on that split. You know, I, I don't know how fantasy relevant these guys are going to be moving forward, but as of right now, like I'm okay starting Michael Carter, right as a as a upside flex play. If you know at best right now, low in RB two, like he was a low in RB two for me this week, just because yeah. there was so many teams on buy and that like there's just so many running backs missing in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, he's probably an RB three play, and so is James Robinson, not too far behind him. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. James Robinson, yeah. you know, he did have that receiving touchdown that kind of saved his day. Um, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it, it, it looks like Michael Carter is going to get most of the touches. James Robinson isn't really startable for me unless anything would happen to Michael Carter or some drastic shift happens, but I'm not expecting that to happen because they found a winning formula and they're going to stick to it. Naheem Hines, uh, he hardly played in, in his game against the Jets and you know, Devin Singletary, you know, continue to dominate snaps, snaps. And and I, I'd assume that Hines will be a much bigger part of this offense in their next game. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I guess TJ Hawkinson was the only one to get a shit ton of snaps th- yeah. this week, depending on, you know, based on like all these guys getting moved. But as far as Naheem Hines goes, uh, you know, just keep him on your bench for now. Like I'm not starting him next week either. Um, I'll yeah. just wait until he sees like 50% of snaps or something before I start him. Will that mm-hmm. happen this season? Who knows? We have no idea. You know, we're just projecting, and I would assume that he does because they made that trade midseason and they want to get yeah. him involved, uh, and he's a very good pass catcher. So I, I'd assume that happened a, l- a little bit later. Yeah, no panic okay. for me. It's not like Devin Singletary did anything to, you know, shove Naeem Hines down the depth chart and be like, no, this is my backfield. You know, eight carries for 24 yards. He caught four passes for 24 yards. It's just like, it was all right. Yeah. You know, he, he yeah. did his job. I, I think that Naeem Hines could do a lot more with that, um, especially the receiving work. So I'm not worried about him at all. You know, don't sit there and think, oh, well, now I'm screwed. I picked him up. I was thinking I was going to have a, no. um, a good a good running back here. If you started him this week, maybe you know that's a different re- that's a different scenario. But I, that's I think on you, you. Yeah, that's on you. Yeah. Okay. If you picked him up, he should have been on your bench. You know, I don't have any problem letting him on my bench this week or even the week after. We'll see. I yeah. think he should become a bigger part of the offense. Like you this said. is they more don't, of a late late season run type of play. Yeah, they don't trade for a guy to have him sit on the bench the whole time. No. Both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert split carries down the middle with nine carries each. They split goal line snaps with one each, and Jeff Wilson was the one who played better in this yeah. game. And I can totally see Jeff Wilson being the 1A next week. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. I saw a stat today that Underdog just posted on Twitter, and it was basically the 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 it was rushing yards over expectation and who was the worst. Who who would you guess is near the top of that list? Like, f- forget about this these running backs for a second. If yeah. you had to s- assume out of all the running backs in the league, who was the worst in in rushing yards over expectation? Worst in rushing yards over expectation, Najee Harris. Yep, good job. Nice. He was like, I think he was first or second, yeah. right? So it was a couple though, and you know who else is on the list? And we'll we'll get we'll get into it on the uh, low end, Len- uh, Leonard Fournette. 
Oh, he was okay. on there. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, he was on there as well. Mm-hmm. He was like top five or six or something like that. And uh, I feel like I got to. I, I feel like I got to pull the tweet up now at this point. I'm like talking about it. Like I was like, <laughs> who else? Who yeah. else was on it? Uh, and I'm gonna put it. I'll put it. I'll pull it up for you guys right now. But you know, this is a situation to kind of monitor because you know you were you were starting Raheem Mostert, you know, as you know, an every week RB two, and at this point, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so lowest rushing yards over expect expectation per attempt. Uh, this is per Next Gen Stats tweeted by Underdog NFL. Cam Akers was number one as the, the worst. Yeah. Najee Harris was number two. Melvin Gordon was number three. Leonard Fournette was number four. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was number five. Raheem Mostert is number six. That's just, those are the guys there. Just want to yeah. say that. So, and, and the reason why I bring that up is because Jeff Wilson has been playing well all season. Mm-hmm. His, in his first game with Miami, 50-50 split, and he ended up outplaying Raheem Mostert. Okay, so... Jeff Wilson is somebody that you, you might be playing him as an RB2 moving forward. And even yeah. next week, I'm actually okay playing Jeff Wilson as yeah. like a low-end RB2 flex play. Mm-hmm. I would. You know? Yeah, and, and we talked about it last week too. You know, we talked about is the cell window closed on Raheem Mostert? Yeah. You know, maybe before this game it was open a little bit. We talked about that, but you're not going to be able to get rid of Raheem Mostert now. You're kind of just stuck. Um, Jeff Wilson looked really good. It looked like he was thriving in the role that they envisioned Chase Edmonds to be playing. You know, he, he was re- catching a pass. He was catching passes. He was good on the ground, just doing what he needed to do. Um, even though, like we said, it's a big day. It was another big day for Tua in the passing game. You know, Jeff Wilson was able to get it done with that touchdown. I, I think that he's a guy to have. Raheem Mostert, you know, we talked about it. He was on pace to, you know, set the career highs that he had in touches. Um, and he's 31. It's not injury this time that's keeping him back. But Jeff Wilson just looks more dynamic and, and like a better all-around back already in this offense than Raheem Mostert did. And that's not the, not, uh, it's not shade at Raheem Mostert. It's just Jeff Wilson. I, I think he's a little bit younger, you know, <laughs> he, um, he, he just mm-hmm. looked better yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they brought him in a familiar face. I wasn't surprised to see him get some work, but the way that right. was split already, you know, it, it's pretty encouraging for Jeff Wilson moving forward. Mostert did get a lot, most of the receiving work and the receiving snaps in this game, uh, the mm-hmm. two minute offense, that sort of thing. So, you know, something to keep in mind that he'll still be involved, but, you know, we yeah. might see the 1A shift a little bit towards Jeff Wilson Jr. moving forward. But we'll see. That's just speculation for now because yep. they did split evenly this week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One backfield I thought was going to shift a lot further than, well, they didn't shift at all. David Montgomery led the Bears backfield in this game. Not the trajectory I thought that was going in. Right? Montgomery no. was on the field for 70% of snaps and proceeded to take 14 carries for 36 yards. And Khalil Herbert only had seven carries. So kind of disappointed considering how good Herbert has looked lately. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I've, it's easy to jump on the Justin Fields bandwagon and I'll be like, well, with Justin Fields playing so well, you know, how is anybody else going to produce it? I think... It, They'll be able to produce better than they did yesterday. Obviously, Justin Fields, we're thinking that's going to be an anomaly of a performance, but it looked really good. You know, Regardless, Justin Fields is playing a lot better. I think the whole Bears backfield kind of gets a bump down. 
because Justin Fields is playing so well. You know, now that now the passing game is come, it's not alive, but it's much more efficient and much more passable where teams have to respect it at this point. And now they're getting to a slightly more balanced offense where it was very, very run heavy at the beginning of the season. And that's how Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert made their money, you know, and how they scored their points. They just got the touches and the volume and they were both good for 10, 15 points a week. At this point, if Justin Fields is going to be playing like this and he has, he's going to be as dynamic as he was yesterday, especially, you know, in a good matchup next week, I'm not sure how much either of these running backs are going to get used. Um, I think it could go either way. I think it's still a hot hand approach, but it wasn't necessary for them um, yesterday because they're in a negative game script for most of the game. They're playing from behind, I think, the whole time. But Justin Fields is keeping them in it. Yeah, and it, 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 you know David Montgomery is going to be the guy, right? Like yeah. when they're playing from behind, when he has to pass protect that sort of thing, like he's going to be the guy in the field. So th- that makes sense. But you want to get the you you want to get your guy as much touches as possible. The guy who's going to be able to create big plays for you—that's Khalil Herbert. Montgomery has been has had his fair share of big plays this year, but you got to get Herbert more involved. Um, you know, the Bears offense, you know, they were Justin Fields was able to do his thing. He, he single handedly, you know, w- was the entire Bears offense, right? Yeah. It, it, this on Sunday. So that's great. But, you know, 70% of snaps for David Montgomery, a little higher than I thought it would be, personally. Would it be, um, a, would it be a disservice to Dave Montgomery to kind of compare the situation to Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard? Or maybe. You know, maybe drag down on. Uh, you know, maybe we're dragging I, down on Tony I, Pollard a little bit, but I, go ahead. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think David Montgomery is a good running back. Yeah, I do. I I don't think that this is a situation where I think David Montgomery is a bad running back. He sucks. Blah blah blah. You know, like if I'm talking about Zeke and Pollard, I think there is a clear, clear situation there where Tony Pollard is a better running back right now. When it comes to Montgomery and and um, Khalil Herbert, I'm sorry. When it comes to these two guys, I, I feel like the talent is a lot closer, but I don't think it's like a 70-30 type of thing, right? It's, it should yeah. be either 50-50, or I do think that the guy who has been creating more bigger plays for you, like Khalil Herbert, should get a little bit more touches, right? I just That's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel. And like, you leave David Montgomery in there pat for pass protecting and get his touches too. Uh, but I, I don't I just think that Khalil Herbert should get more touches here. But I do think David Montgomery is a good running back. It just so happens that they have a running back who has been more explosive than him this year. Yeah. Um, if Montgomery was had a three down roll, like he'll be very effective. Like we saw that in the past. Like he's had mm-hmm. big games in the past. You know, so I, I'm not putting him on the Najee Harris, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, that sort of train at all. Like all I right. think he's much. He's he's a better player than those guys right now. All right. That's true. Uh, Bears wide receiver Chase Claypool made his debut this week. Darnell Mooney, you know, he ended up producing on more opportunities in this game due to the fact that the Bears dropped back a ton more than usual. And I think that's what we should expect with them, acquiring Claypool. We talked about that, right? Like Claypool, he only ran around on 41% of dropbacks, but he was targeted on 38% of his routes. And that makes him very interesting moving forward. A lot more interesting than I thought he would be in this offense. And you consider how Justin Fields looked yesterday, right? Yeah. Three passing touchdowns, 15 carries for 178 yards and another touchdown on the ground. Justin feels balling out, man. Like, it's mm-hmm. great to see. And now he is a high-end fantasy quarterback, just like that. I think that's what he is at this point. You know, and we talked about him having that upside, that kind of upside. And, um, you know, it didn't look good the first few weeks. But suddenly the offense, I've just seen a shift in the play calling and the decision making, both. Everything is a perfect storm. It came together, and Justin Fields looks like 
what we want him to be. He, he looks like he's back at Ohio State, but with like more rushing upside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, obviously not throwing it as much, but you know the way that he's running. I saw a stat. I think PFF posted it. It was eight runs of ten plus yards yesterday, which was the most in a game I think in the PFF era. They said, which is just ridiculous. Was it? Was was it? By a quarterback, it might have been. I'm not sure. It, we'll see. But regardless. It was just ridiculous. Every time he took off with the ball running, it was a huge gain. And then that 61-yard touchdown, even if you take away that 61-yard touchdown, you know, you could say, oh, well, that, that's an anomaly. That's not going to happen every week. So you take away those 12 points, he's still a 30-point performance. I think that's still the QB1 this week, right? Like It's just ridiculous yes. what Justin Fields is able to do. But now, now if, you, if you look at the numbers since week five, Justin Fields is the overall QB1. Since week five, yeah. that's that, that accounts for six weeks, the last six weeks. So, uh, Justin, he's at a he's in a situation where like if you put him on your bench, now you have a lot of leverage because in a one quarterback league, whoever your other quarterback was, Joe Burrow, um, I don't know, like Geno Justin Smith, Herbert, Justin Herbert, trade those guys away now. Mm-hmm. Trade you have trade don't don't ha- don't don't hold two quarterbacks this is your opportunity before your fantasy trade deadline to trade one of your other quarterbacks away the one you've been starting all year Dak Prescott all these guys trade them away get a running back or wide receiver back or create some sort of package to do that yeah. and just ride your Justin Fields season that, that's yeah. that's that, that's the move all right yeah I got, I got a question would you yeah would you rather start Kyler Murray or Justin Fields that would you lump Kyler Murray in with those guys like you know Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott? Uh yeah, I, I think I would. Like if I'm like for example, if I have Justin Fields and Kyler Murray right now, I'm fine trading away Kyler Murray to keep Justin Fields as my QB one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The gu- guys I would not do that for right now is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. I, I think that's fair. I mean, at am this I, point, am I, am I missing somebody like like, like we did last? <laughs> or those? Oh, and look, okay. How about Lamar? Okay, let's talk about Lamar for a second. Yeah, okay. Lamar, we're going to see tonight, right? Mm -hmm. Lamar's not going to have his weapons. He's not going to have Bateman. He's not going to have Andrews. He'll have Likely, so that's good, right? That kind of, a little bit, it makes up for like 80% of Mark Andrews, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that might be a little bit too much. Likely doesn't have a a huge sample size, so like maybe I should calm down a little bit. Yeah, but they have Um, rapport. Uh, You can give them that. They have rapport. They have rapport. Now, if you have Lamar, name value, Obviously, he can he can have his own forty point game, right? Yeah. At times, are you okay trading Lamar away to get a package and just Justin Fields all year? Me personally, I don't I don't, I don't know if I would do that to Lamar. You know, we we really, so, you know, I was expecting you as the you know Justin Fields truther on this podcast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. No, know, I love I, Justin Fields. Don't get me wrong, but Lamar Jackson. You know, we saw him have his own 40-point game already. Two two games, 39. It was a 39-point game and a 40-point game. You know, we saw him do his thing. He still can do it. He had a couple quiet weeks, but last week he came back and he looked better in that second half that they played against the Buccaneers. And they've been off the field a while. It's easy to get caught up in this recency bias. But I, I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be just fine. The upside, I think, is still – I don't – it's equal. We've seen I, I don't want to say that Justin Fields is Lamar Jackson, but in terms of fantasy production, their ceilings are very similar at this point because Justin Fields now, you know, they're unleashing him in the run game. I think they're equal. You can just take your pick between them. I think Lamar Jackson is gonna be able to do his thing just like he's always been able to, as long as he's healthy. 
he hasn't been banged up this year at all, which is good. So you can take your pick. If you had to pick between them, I'm not sure who you'd take. I, I'm sticking with Lamar at this point. And maybe that's just me being conservative. But I, I think Justin Fields is already, at this point, you know, he's going to end up being a top five quarterback moving forward unless anything happens. I'm trading away one of them. I oh, know. yeah. I w- yeah. It's not a question of would you, who would you trade. But now you have to decide who would you, who would you rather Also, have. who has more value yeah. right now? And I would say that Lamar probably has more value. Yes. Right? Like, if I'm trading away these two quarterbacks, who can I get more for? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And if I could get, if I can get a good piece for Lamar Jackson, I might think about doing that and just continue yeah. to start Justin Fields, because it's not like you're giving Lamar away for free. You're getting something back, mm-hmm. and Lamar is a high-end quarterback QB one, who who might not have a, an amazing rest of the season. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, just because mm-hmm. of the fact that he's missing some weapons and he doesn't have much of a run game, and you know how much can he put on his shoulders? We're gonna see tonight. You know, we're yeah. going to see tonight. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll talk about this tomorrow morning when we meet at 9 a.m. Eastern time to do to do Tuesday's podcast, the Wave of Wire podcast live. Mm-hmm. But, what you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see tonight how he fares. He's going up against New Orleans, you know, not the best defense in the world, but they're a decent defense. Yeah. Um, we'll see how it works out. But I think I'm okay with it. I know in the comments, Manuel Reyes is asking, would I trade away Tua in this situation? I would. You know, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't fall in that upper echelon, but I would. I'll trade away Tua and, you know, get some pieces back. You know, I think Tua is a, a quarterback that you can trade away to get some pieces back. And I'll, I'm fine starting Justin Fields the rest of the way. Yeah. And it's at this point, it's like time to take a look at your roster because chances are your trade deadline's coming up. You have to yeah. decide, you know, if you want to make that final push, if suddenly Justin Fields has come on for you and he's looked like the way he has, you know, I think that, and you, you said it already, but like it is time to actually consider maybe whatever quarterback you have, especially if you ended up having like a Lamar Jackson or any of those. Um, I don't want to say the other guys like Josh Allen and them, but those borderline <laughs> other, quarterbacks. All, all, all those guys are the other guys now. Is Justin Fields are bust. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Justin, it's just so awesome because like this is what I wanted for Justin Fields. And it didn't, I didn't think he was going to be able to do it, that honest. You know, the way the offense came out, started, it looked like they weren't going to have the weapons. And then just suddenly he, over these past few weeks, he's just, you know, flipped the switch and looked much better. But you know, Lamar Jackson, like you said, I think that's the cutoff. That's like the border where you can decide between the two. I think, I think that's kind of the top. The top yeah. five has been kind of set in stone. You know, for the foreseeable future at this point, if Justin Fields can be playing this way, you know, in terms of rankings at least. Hundred percent, man. All right, let's move on. We can talk about Justin Fields all day. Oh yeah, uh, but let's move <laughs> on to another Justin, Justin Jackson. And why am I talking about Justin Jackson? Because he ended up getting more carries than DeAndre Swift this week in their mm-hmm. game against the Packers. Swift had had five touches in this game, played like 10 snaps. All right. Not sure when this is going to be going up. You know, I have to be honest with you. He hardly played in the second half. And this sucks, man. It's just a handful oh, of snaps yeah. for him. Hopefully we got some reports around him improving this week. But for now, this is not the type of opportunity for a starting running back, fantasy running back. So no. I cannot start him next week unless something crazy happens. Can he get the opportune touchdown? Sure. That's all he's going to get. Um, Jamal Williams ended up with 24 carries, but no touchdowns, right? It was either zero yeah. or two. He got zero. Next week, he might get two. He, will, he won't get one. That's yeah. not happening. It's mm-hmm. zero or two. Uh, there's no way you can start DeAndre Swift right now. I understand, like, we wanted to buy buy low on him, right? Yeah. And I wanted to as well. But, like, at this point, he said it himself this past week also, and I'm not sure if we talked about it or not, but he said he's not sure. He himself said he's not sure if he's going to be 100% the rest of the year. 
I'm fine with him at 90. I'm cool yeah. with him at 75. Yeah. But as of right now, 10, 10 snaps total, that's no. not what you want to see. No. And with DeAndre Swift, unless we see reports on Wednesday that he's a full participant at practice, I don't think he's going to get much better, you know, in terms of fantasy production for the rest of the season until that happens. Like, until he gets, even if it's a full practice, okay, as soon as we start hearing about full practices, then I'm like, okay, then I'll warm up the idea again of putting him in a lineup. But at this point, you know, he, he's not, he's not even the RB, he wasn't even the RB2 yesterday. And that's not any fault of DeAndre Swift's. You know, we know that the talent is there. He's just banged up, and it's unfortunate that's the way it ends up being. But I've been holding on to him in my lineup a little bit, just hoping that he kind of overcomes those reports and it's not happening. And, you know, he came out, like you said, and said that he's not 100%. He's not sure how he's going to be down the stretch. You have to go find somebody else. I mean, unless DeAndre Swift is the only other running back on your roster, you know, there's no reason to be starting him. The one thing that almost saved your day, if you watched, he was this close again. It looked like the exact same route that he ran the week before and scored that touchdown to save the day. He was this close to that again this week. But he didn't. And he looked really good on that play too. He looked healthy to me. <laughs> yeah. No, he looked fine. So I don't. I don't think there's any. That was a foul. nice catch too. Like, that was a yeah. nice catch. Yeah. Nice catch too. Him. Yeah. It was like yeah. a, like a. It was like right yeah. behind him, and he he like reached back and got it like a like a right. wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. He no, good. he looked really good. I don't think there's any foul players like oh Dan Campbell has him in the doghouse or anything like that. I think they are just kind of you know keeping his snaps down so he can kind of get better, but they don't want to have him off the field completely. I don't know if they're. If you're going to use him for 10 snaps, just keep him off the field. You know, they didn't win because of DeAndre, because of DeAndre Swift yesterday. Exactly. And at this point, you know, if that's going to be the case, just let him heal up. You know, don't have him suit up and go get hit on those snaps. You know, just let him get healthy. At this point, you know, you're cutting your losses with DeAndre Swift and hoping for the best because he's missed how many weeks. He's come back. He hasn't looked very good these past two weeks. Just let him get healthy and then let him come back full health. But, yeah, you can't start him next week um, with the way things are going. And you know, if you're worried, if you if you're wondering what happened to Amara St. Brown, he's still got like a forty percent target share in this game. Yeah. It's just that the Lions, surprisingly, for once, of course, because they picked off Aaron Rodgers three times, that never happens. Yeah, you know, Amara St. Brown still got forty percent target share, but they didn't need to pass the ball. Jamal Williams just was carrying the ball the entire game. That mm-hmm. was their entire. That's all they needed to do because Aaron Rodgers couldn't do anything in this game. Yeah. It's what's up, Aaron Rodgers, dude? Like, yeah, what's up? What what's going on say. with him, dude? It's rock what is bottom. up with him? Like what he happened? looked so frustrated on the field. Like he was like <laughs> he was about to have a mental breakdown yesterday yeah. on that field, dude. It's not even that he's frustrated after, you know, two and a half, three and a half quarters of play and you're down. On the like the first quarter, he's missing passes. He's like throwing his arms around. He's getting all upset. It's like he just looks like so out of it. He doesn't even want to be on the field. It looks like he's just there at this point. And then, I don't know, you see the memes every week of him on the sideline on the phone, just like, Devontae, you got to get your ass back here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they have all those memes coming out. I don't know what's going on. They, he just hit rock bottom. Like, they said that he hadn't thrown multiple picks to like a divisional opponent or something like that. Some weird yeah. stat like that. They didn't throw many picks at all to divisional opponents. He was 40 and one. I think that's what it was. He was 40 right. and one touchdown interception ratio against in, divisional in, opponents. In the red zone. In the red zone. Yeah. In the red zone. And then he threw three red zone interceptions yesterday. Yes. It's just like, that's the other thing that adds insult to injury right there for Aaron Rodgers. But my worry is, you know, he just hit rock bottom that he's going to turn around and figure it out against my Cowboys. But we'll see. I'm not worried about that. Just I yet. doubt that. Yeah, I, I doubt especially that. with especially, the injuries. 
piling exactly. up. Yeah, just I was gonna just going to bring sorry. that up. I beat you Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dubs, like you know, he's he he has a high ankle sprain. That was I think that was just confirmed. Yeah, four I saw to six that. weeks, he'll be out at the very least. Uh, Christian Watson, the fantasy gods do not want Christian Watson on the field, dude. No, it's crazy, man. Like the dude had a hamstring injury to start start the year. He came in, looked good, dropped a pass. <laughs> Remember that touchdown that he dropped? Yep. I think it was what was that week two or three or whatever? It was week two, I think it was. And uh, you know, that's it. You know, he was in the doghouse for a little bit. Came back last week. He came back. He started the game over Romeo Dubs. He caught a pass, looked good, right? Like very start of the game. Got a concussion. Now he passes the concussion protocol this week, comes back, catches two balls early in this game. And Romeo Dubs was, you know, he already got hurt on yeah. his first catch of the game. Christian Watson comes in, catches two balls, concussion. Another mm-hmm. one early in the game. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me right now. So the dude yeah. cannot catch a break. Um, you know, all this means to me is that Alan Lazard moving forward, you know, is the clear guy at this point with Romeo Dubs especially out. I would say this. I think Christian Watson, you know, assuming he's not out for like a couple of weeks with that concussion, you know, I would say that he might have some fantasy value in the stretch in the stretch run of the yeah. season, um, just because of the fact that every time they put him in the lineup, just for those couple plays, like he's being targeted, and I yeah. feel like they want to have him in the lineup. Their OC has even talked about him as being a guy like they want him to play because they have so much planned for him, but he just can't seem to stay on the field. Yeah, uh, you know. Hopefully he'll be right. All right. It does suck that he had two concussions two weeks in a row. Like that's not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he's all right. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, but we'll see what happens when, when he comes back. And then on top of that, Aaron Jones, he has an ankle injury too. And you know yeah. he was seen in a walking boot after the game. Apparently the X-rays came back fine, and he could play this week. But just remember, Chuba Hubbard was also supposed to play. Yeah. Right? He missed two weeks. Okay. So keep that in mind. If you have AJ Dillon. You know, and Aaron Jones misses most likely. You got to play AJ Dillon. Yeah. What? As, any any overall thoughts on these wide receivers or running backs? So with AJ Dillon, I'd say if Aaron Jones doesn't play, you fire him up. And you, I know, I saw in your notes you said maybe he's a RB one play next week. I'd say he's an RB one play. And obviously Dallas's defense is good, but their run defense has been atrocious. They gave yeah. up two hundred yards to the Bears. So right. I, I'd say you could fire up AJ Dillon really nicely next week if they're going to lean on anybody with Aaron Rodgers playing like he's playing. Um, it's going to be A.J. Dillon, especially if Aaron Jones is out. And then also just a comment on the Packers receivers. You want to talk about magnifying a loss as big as Devontae Adams? Have all these injury, injuries pile up, you know, all at once, you know, and then see Aaron Rodgers get frustrated. It's not all on Aaron Rodgers. He's dealing with, like, really bad circumstances, and he's had Devontae Adams, you know, for most of his heyday years. Um, I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't – that he looks good and it's not on him, but, you know, it's just a really – bad series of unfortunate events all culminating at once. It's, it, it's just not good, you know. Let's move on. Yeah. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yo, Zach, our boy, our boy Baker Mayfield is back. Woo! Uh, after <laughs> P.J. Walker looked lost for an entire half, uh, Baker came in, looked better than he's ever looked, uh, <laughs> of course, right? Like, yeah. whenever he has to play for his job, of course, he's going to look a little bit better, but all of this led to DJ Moore, you know, back to his early season woes, right? Unfortunately, yeah. but Terrace Marshall talked about him a couple times last week, you know, getting for that full time role now, you know, leading to some good games for him. He caught his first career touchdown from Baker, and next week the Panthers go up against the Falcons. 
So this could be a little bait, right? If Baker Mayfield's a starter next week, right? This could be a little, little, little bait here. Because it's like, oh, we're going up against the Falcons. Oh, they must be great. So you start DJ Moore, you start Terrace Marshall, and then Baker looks like shit. And then you're like, oh, what did I do? So yeah. hopefully PJ Walker's a starter next week. That's what I'm hoping for personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that both these guys can do their thing. PJ Walker was lost th- this week. That might not be the case against the Falcons. Um, yeah. But, you know, Terrace Marshall, though, you know, I actually had to start Terrace Marshall in a league yesterday, in our league that we had together. Still yeah. lost because my team sucks. Uh, well, they sucked this pat. This they sucked on Sunday. I was on a five game win streak. Yeah, I was gonna say, game. how do you go on a five game win streak and then turn around and say because well, my team you know, sucks, I lost. It's like five weeks. Well, dude. I didn't have I didn't have Christian McCaffrey. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor was out. Was out. Keenan Allen's been screwing you all season. Oh my god, Keenan Allen. <laughs> Let's go through it. Let's go through all of it. You know, I had Hollywood Brown. Of course, he had to get hurt as well. Yep. Uh, I also made some questionable trades that I'm second guessing now. But anyway, uh, it's, yeah. it's you not have Travis Etienne. You have Travis Etienne, you're fine. That's Don't true. worry about it. That's true. Um, no, but, uh, now, with, now, now we know my whole, what my whole roster looks like. Yeah. With, um, um, with, with Baker Mayfield, though, you yeah. know, he did come in and look good, but it just kind of reminded me of PJ Walker coming in for Baker Mayfield <laughs> against the <laughs> Niners. You know, back and forth. they yeah. do nothing. And then, you know, the quarterback, the relief quarterback comes in and just looks like good. You know, it's like, why wasn't this guy starting the whole game? And then, you know, they're reminded a couple of weeks later after they take the job and, it's like, okay, yeah, we, our quarterback room isn't good. I mean, there's hope with P.J. Walker. You know, I think he should be starting, like you said, next week. Um, I, I don't think Baker Mayfield should be starting I have next one week. question, though. Yeah. Where's Sam Darnold? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> they, they don't want to even entertain that. You know, they don't have enough room on their conscience. Is Sam Darnold healthy? Can we bring him in, please? Let's bring yeah, in I, Sam Darnold. I, I don't know. I think this – I'm not sure how different this would be. It sucks that we didn't get to see Matt Corral. But, you know – I'm not sure how much different it would be, but he was kind of exciting. I was hoping maybe we'd see him with the way that the Panthers QB room was looking. Coming, I would season. hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I'm a fan of Matt Corral, so I'm hoping that he gets some opportunity at some point. Right. Uh, I would say this though. I would say Terrace Marshall is in line to be a flex play next week against the Falcons, uh, and he's a waiver wire pickup. He's available in a ton, like basically every league. Yeah, I was just crazy enough to pick him up. Let you. I'm, I was a big fan of him coming out of school. And he was a second round pick last year. His metrics are off the charts. Have you guys? I mean, you saw if you guys saw the touchdown that he scored, you're like, wait, who is that tight end? Mm-hmm. No, he's a wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> he is a yeah. big dude and he runs a 4 3 40. Yeah. All right. So, like, let's pay attention to this guy. Okay. And he's got a baller name, Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall? That sounds like a Hall of Fame name. Yeah. Okay. Did you see um, the sleeper banner that just came up? No, about what happened? Colts head coach. No, what happened? Colts are naming their former six-time Pro Bowl center and ESPN analyst Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach. Wow. That one's a that little out of left field. Interesting right there. <laughs> I love it. I that, love that, it. I wasn't expecting that one. They're pulling That's them out of the booth. One. Is that what they're doing? Hey, man, Matt Saturday, maybe he can fix some offensive line woes. Maybe he can maybe. do something there. He, like, he was their center for a long time. So that would be a very interesting I love it. I love it. Yeah, As someone right. who just who just talked about Jonathan Taylor, like I, I, I like this. I like this a lot. I think that's an um, easy light of fire under the ass hiring. You know what I'm saying? I would say so. Because he's got he's so. got he's got roots there in Indianapolis. Exactly. He's fine. Yeah, he's got it. Good stuff. I like it. All right. Um, yeah. Last thing, uh, Terrence Marshall. Uh, you know, and both these guys, DJ Moore and Terrence Marshall, they have a very good schedule the rest of the way. So you know, hoping they could do something and whatever quarterback is there can can 
you know, make them somewhat fantasy reliable over the, over the last, you know, several weeks of the season. Yeah. I do want to ask, though, did you guys sell Deontay Foreman, though? <laughs> did you guys sell him? Or were you guys hoping that the fantasy gods will continue this unsustainable production? Like, I was just, I'm just curious. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's enough, that's enough. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. That that one might have hurt a little bit. Uh, yeah. But this was a tough <laughs> matchup, okay? And, you know, he, he couldn't come through for you. But, you know, Foreman also wasn't an every down back. He was taken off the field in passing situation. Chuba Hubbard is an underrated waiver wire pickup this week, you know, since he'll likely be the guy on the field in passing downs, okay? This team is going to be losing a lot. And when mm-hmm. they're down, Chuba Hubbard is going to be the one on the field, not Deontay Foreman, okay? So keep that in mind. I'm not saying that Chuba Hubbard is going to be more fantasy relevant than Deontay Foreman. I think Deontay Foreman is still going to be doing his thing, getting the first crack at the job. and uh, I'm sorry, getting the first crack on early downs, being the goal line guy, that sort of thing. But how often is that going to happen? Uh, right. I'm not saying that you need to completely get rid of Deontay Foreman at this point, but just keep in mind that Chuba Hubbard is going to be involved when he's back. I would assume he'll be back uh, in week 10 this yeah. week coming up. So, so pick him up if he's available on waivers. I know a lot of people dropped him. Yeah, but don't have your expectations too high because just remember what this offense was. You know, we saw the new head coach. You know, we said it, it boosted the offense a little bit, but now they come back down to earth. This is what I think it's going to not maybe not as bad as it was against the Bengals because Bengals defense is actually pretty good. Um, it might not they look that missing, bad. They were missing two of their top corners, though. That's you know, true. and it's like, you know, maybe we should have taken, taken advantage of that a little bit more. Uh, Baker Mayfield did, you know, yeah. when he came in. Yeah, uh, but, but at, it, at that point, like they're. They don't care how many touchdowns he scores as long as it's not six. You know, what I'm it, saying? it sucks because DJ Moore, like he had a good matchup this week, you know, with that, yeah. with those two top corners out and they couldn't take advantage. Even even Baker Mayfield couldn't take advantage of it, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, it's going to be a bad offense. And now you're going to have competition between, like we said, um, Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. So yeah. if you can get past, if you can stomach the fact that you're going to be taking a quarter, uh, not quarterback, a running back that's going to be competing with another equally talented running back, I think that's kind of where I have them right. They're very similar, I think, yeah. in terms of their talent. Um, if you can stomach that, then you have to get past the fact that they're on a bad offense. So it's like my expectations are very low. You know, yeah. you might have yourself a, a flex starter, you know, a, a couple weeks the rest of the way, but I, I'm not going to be relying on these guys in any yeah. facet. Exactly. Um, which is why it would have been nice to have sold Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Before this game. Joe Mixon, though, 22 carries for 153 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. And I'm not done yet. Four catches for 58 yards and another touchdown through the air. Five total touchdowns to single-handedly get you a win. And the reason why I am not so enthusiastic about this is because I went up against Joe Mixon in three leagues. Oh, yesterday. okay. I saw the one league, but three leagues? Three Ooh. leagues going up against Joe Mixon. I actually got the W in one of them, which is – but I had to sweat it out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I had to sweat it out a little bit. Uh, Juju came through for me, you know, late, you know, uh, yeah. last night, you know, with his 10 catches, and we'll get we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but, you know, if he didn't get those 10 catches, though, that wouldn't have worked out for me. One yeah. of the best – fantasy performances of all time by Joe Mixon. And he did it almost in the first half. He had four of those touchdowns in the first half. And I just yeah. want to say one thing. How can you predict this type of thing? Like, I mean, there is a way. Yeah. There is a way. Why wasn't he in everyone's DFS lineups every single week? I mean, he should have been, right? Because mm. 
he was near the top of the league in rushing attempts inside the five and ten yard line. He was leading the league in those metrics, in those stats. And he only had two touchdowns with those opportunities. You're always going to progress to the mean at some point. Mm -hmm. And it came in bunches on Sunday for Joe Mixon. We saw the same thing happen to A.J. Brown the week before. Touchdowns came in bunches. Why? Because according to what his opportunity looked like, it wasn't matching up with with the amount of touchdowns that usually correlate to that type of opportunity. Same thing happened with Joe Mixon here. It was going to happen. We didn't know what was going to happen. Five touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. No one's predicting that. But a two-touchdown game, a three-touchdown game, that was bound to happen for Joe Mixon at some point, and it happened big time on Mm -hmm. Sunday. Yeah, no way, no way to predict this kind of performance. But just awesome if you have him. Terrible if you don't. I mean, I know what it's like. I played against Jonathan Taylor last year when he put up the fifty points, and it just seems like they never stop getting the ball. And they're, it seems like their offense is always on the field. You know, in which case, in the Bengals Carolina game, you know, it was the Bengals offense was always on the field. Um, but yeah, we we talk about it all the time on here. I feel like I hammer this point home all the time. It's just you know about the volume not matching production. Joe Mixon was having that for a long time. Now, we didn't obviously say that we weren't hammering home that, you know, Joe Mixon has this upside, you know, that these touchdowns are going to come. He's going to have a three-touchdown game or anything like that or anything higher than that. Obviously, a five-touchdown game, not even on the radar. But you have to figure, like, we kind of saw this type of uptick in production coming, like you said. So maybe not this, but we saw it coming. The same thing that we've talked about with, like you said, A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson. You know, in a much smaller way, he he ended that touchdown through the air drought. You know, he he caught a touchdown on the first drive. So no, like, he almost had, he almost had a second as well yeah. if it wasn't pass interference. Right. So it was it was coming. You know, this kind of stuff happens. You know, a little bit more often than you you know you might think. So just keep an eye out for those because if you're trying to make decisions about who you're going to play, you know, if guys are really lagging behind in terms of production, but the utilization's there, you know, maybe let that dictate your choice a little bit. Yeah. I agreed 100%. And, you know, for, for DFS as well, like, you know, we want to, especially when you're trying to, you know, make a lineup that's unique, right? It's like the, when the opportunity is there, the player is good. You you want to keep putting those guys in those DFS lineups, especially GPP tournament lineups, because yeah. you want to, you A, differentiate yourself, and B, you know, the, the, the guy who recency bias is a big thing, right? And if a guy in isn't DFS, doing his yeah. thing, you know, if a guy isn't playing well or, you know, but he's getting the opportunity, it's hard to put them in there, especially if they haven't had those big weeks. But mm-hmm. the guys, you know, the, <laughs> the DFS slate was over at like within an hour and a half after, you know, the, these games started, you know, on yeah. Sunday. So uh, very interesting. You know, I, I love when this type of thing stuff happens because it's like literally an analytics game at the end of the day, right? Like if you're looking mm-hmm. at the data, the data usually dictates how these things go, which is weird, right? It's like, nah, man, this is football. Like, yeah. no, but like, if you look at the data, the data actually does correlate the same type of way. It always regresses to the mean at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, as somebody who like relies on data a lot in his analysis and in my analysis, I'm the third person right now, in my analysis and things <laughs> like that, um, you know, it, it this kind of thing is kind of cool. Yeah. But anyway, moving forward. Teacher Hawkinson, man, received nine targets. <laughs> Just five days after being traded to the Vikings, 23% target share. The dude was on the field for 90% of snaps. He called he caught all nine of his targets for 70 yards. Yeah. He is like he has a chance of being very productive the rest of the way. <laughs> kind, kind of the, crazy. I'm very surprised about his usage in this game. Welcome to the top five, TJ Hawkinson. 
there's literally nobody else. So congratulations, you're in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he looks, he looks, he looked good. You know, yeah. and it's weird. He got the usage that you, obviously we didn't anticipate, but you know, this is the type of usage I was hoping for Naeem Hines, but that didn't happen, obviously. Um, but you know, they traded for him. It was an intra-division trade, you know, so that kind of maybe tells you about how much they wanted to have him on the team. And it looks like they're going to use him. You know, Irv Smith wasn't getting that type of work at all. Now they have TJ Hawkinson. This is, it's not just a complimentary addition to this offense. He's a new weapon that looks like Kirk Cousins is going to be using every week. Hopefully this target share gets maintained. But the fact that this is happening, like you said, just five days after he got traded, you know, that gives me more hope that this can be sustainable um, in this offense than other guys. Like, you know, Noah Fant just went off. That's not going to be sustainable. Much different situation. And obviously Noah Fant wasn't just traded, but, you know, this looks like much nicer production at tight end, especially with, the number of tight ends that you know aren't performing to expectations or what we want them to yeah Noah fan only ran a route on 63 percent of dropbacks which is not what you want um mm-hmm. we mentioned Noah fan on the tight end episode uh yeah. on on friday because the matchup we called out the matchup the matchup was really good and Noah fan ended up having a really good game uh yeah. but tj hawkinson ran around on 86 percent of dropbacks uh and you know Justin Jefferson was obviously at 100%. Adam Thielen was at 83%. And KJ Osborne was at 88%. So, like, it's those four guys running routes. And the guys who ended up getting the targets, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. This is good for Kirk Cousins, too, right? Especially with Adam Thielen kind of, like, you know, getting old on the decline (laughs) a little bit. Um, And, you know, now they have a new young target to throw the ball to. This is great for this offense, and it's great for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, 100%. And he's a big... Big target. You know, yeah. not that Adam Thielen isn't, and obviously Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson, but he's like a different type of target that they don't yes. have. Irv Smith was more athletic. He was a little bit more, you know, speedy, but right. he's always injured, you know, so you, you can't really are. rely on him. So with, with uh, what's his name? TJ Hawkinson, you know, you have something you haven't had in this offense. I think that showed, you know, yesterday. 100%. Without J.D. McKissick uh, in the commander's backfield this week, uh, it turned into a two-man committee. And Antonio Gibson... He got all the passing down work. He got every third down snap. He got every two-minute snap. And then on top of that, he only got two less carries than Brian Robinson. So if McKissick is out next week, Gibson should be started as a low-end RB2. You know, he didn't have the big production this game, but the usage was there. Um, And, you know, if McKissick's neck issue, he's he's going to see a specialist, by the way, this week. Mm -hmm. So if it turns out to be serious and he's out for a few games, like I'd be buying Gibson, you know, if – if I need like an RB2, right? If I'm desperate for a running back, he's something that you can buy pretty cheap right now, right? And oh, yeah. he can kind of like just kind of, he's not a guy that I think has a tremendous upside. Um, I do think he has like solid week to week upside, but he's somebody that can kind of hold the fort down for you as yeah. an RB2, especially in PPR leagues. And this week, you know, this week he, he wasn't peppered in the past game, but, you know, Minnesota has already been pretty good against running backs. They don't really allow a lot of receptions. So keep that in mind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think he's being viewed this way right now. Like I have like good vibes on Gibson, like for the next week or two or three, if Gibbs if McKissick is out. I don't think that is how the market is viewing him, especially yeah. with a low output this week. Uh and I think that's gonna help you uh in that regard if you're trying to buy. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. You know, I'm not expecting too much from him, but the fact that, you know, he's getting more touches and he's getting more work, you know, over Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson doesn't look very good at all i'm not saying that he's i'm not saying that he's not a good football player obviously he's on an nfl team but you know it's just he doesn't look 
like anything it's, that should it's be all it's all relative like when we yeah. say a guy stinks we're not comparing him to me yeah yeah no. we're comparing him to his peers yeah <laughs> and, and antonio gibson's doing what he needs to do in that backfield right now um like i said the expectation for me I, i'm not taking him i'm not going to expect him to be high-end rb2 i'm not expecting him to be even an rb2 but he's going to be able like you said hold down the fort um i think you could probably get him for like almost nothing at this point i mean he had, I, a, he had a good game but go ahead I'll say this, like, is there a chance that Ron Rivera gets fired, right, at some point in the next week or two? Yeah. And then Gibson's unleashed. That could happen. True. Yeah. It, it could. could happen. That's definitely something to think about. That's you know, just in the range of outcomes. Here, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's all. You don't, you don't make a trade based on that happening. But no. it's just like, you know, we were talking about Kareem Hunt possibly being traded. You know, that kind of thing, and I'm not saying that everybody's anticipating Ron Rivera getting fired, but that kind of thing can inflate a player's value right now. You know, you could get you could get him right now because nobody's really thinking about that for really cheap. And if something like that would happen, you know, you could sell on that. But obviously, it's not just all transactions that we're aiming for. You also want production for your lineup. Exactly. He, he can do that, exactly. too. Yeah. Um, James Conner, uh, you know, he came back and, and he it, his usage was a great sign for me. And, you know, it, it looked like a lost season, to be honest with you. And you yeah. never know. Maybe he gets, he gets hurt again. But if he stays healthy, he should be all right for the rest of the year as an RB2. Uh, 71% of snaps, 70% route participation. Those two numbers right there, that correlates to RB1 production. That's RB1 yeah. usage right there. But since we haven't seen him stay healthy all year, you know, we I'm keeping the hope and, like, the, the expectation at RB2 levels. So yeah. if you need a running back, uh, he's someone to buy if you have the stomach for him to potentially get hurt again, right? No. People are I'm tired of James Conner. again. <laughs> <laughs> People are tired of James Conner. They want nothing to do with him. Um, so he's easy to buy as well, right? He's yeah. just somebody that you can buy. The offense will get better, right? I think as the season moves on, moves along, Hollywood coming back, that sort of thing, the offense will get better. If James Conner's healthy the rest of the year, you know, this was a great sign for him, and this was a rib injury, right? It wasn't a lower, you know, body injury or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's a cheap running back you can buy. So him and Antonio Gibson, a couple cheap running backs. If I had to choose to buy one, it would be James Conner. Um, but both these guys are two, two guys you could potentially buy. I'm probably going to talk about these guys on Wednesday's episode. Yeah, We'll see if I can get some more buys or not uh, when it comes to running back position. But overall, like if you have James Conner, you don't know what to do with him. At least now you can start him. Yeah. At this point, you know, if I, if I have James Conner, I'm kind of like, this is the last, you know, chance that he has to prove himself to me. You know, obviously, it, that's not <laughs> yeah. what he's doing. He's this not the last his job, straw. His job is not to prove himself to me, uh, to his fantasy managers, you know, but as a fantasy manager, this is his last crack. If he gets injured again, you know, all hope is lost. Season's done. But if this workload is maintained, you know, I think that this is the low end of what we should expect with this type of workload. You know, his production will go up. If he get in the end zone, it's a much different story, which I think he should be able to. The offense is only going to get better, like you said. DeAndre Hopkins is still, you know, pretty integral part. He's actually helped move the offense forward overall, not only the passing game, but the run game. Things are looking a little bit better. But um, with Marquise Brown coming back, you know, the Cardinals have to get have to get it in gear at some point. I don't think they're going to be a rollover and die team, even though they're three and six. You know, I think they still have a shot to make a run at playoffs, and that's all you can ask for in terms of fantasy because I'll have players and, and, and playing. Cliff Kingsbury yeah. is also playing for his job. I mean, he's coaching for point. his job right now. 
Well, he sure. should be. If he's not, he should be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hundred percent, because they they've demonstrated patience with them. You know what I'm saying? They, they really have. They yeah. really have. Um, all right, let's move on to a running back who is the opposite of somebody that you're hoping does well. Derrick Henry. He now mm-hmm. has five straight 100 rushing yard games, one of them being a 200 200 yard rushing game. He has nine rushing touchdowns on the year through eight games. Defenses know exactly what his offense is doing. Right, last mm-hmm. night they didn't need to throw the ball, and they didn't. Right, Malik yeah. Willis was just there, just like this the to guy like taking hand the ball off. That's it. Like that's his job. Like he it didn't have to be him. It could have been anybody. Um, but you know, they continue to find a way to get it done with Derrick Henry. And you know, they're competing. They were competing with the Chiefs all night, which is so weird to me that this happened. I think they converted one third down all game long. They had no offensive production after the first half, but somehow, some way, they 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 were able to. Stay in this game. It's the deep. I, I'll say this. I know it's not as many games as he played la- last year. Last year he played one more game and got hurt. But I'm gonna go ahead and take the L on Derrick Henry. Like mm-hmm. this year, not somebody I want to know on my fantasy teams. He's defying all the odds. Okay, it's never a good bet in my opinion to bet on an anomaly. But if you're going to take a bet on an anomaly, it's Derrick Henry, right? He was mm-hmm. the bet to take, right? And that bet is working out so far. And right now he's on pace for 400 carries this season, uh, which would be a career high for him. But him to do this at 28 years old, that is a uh, – he will be quite the anomaly. But listen, he is a different type of running back, right? Like yeah. if he's able to get it done like this when every team, every defense knows exactly what they're going to do, it's special. Yeah. Did he run like a – I think it was like a 4-4 or something like that? Yeah. So when you have a 240, 250-pound running back running a 4-4, yeah, you could probably bet on a unicorn like that maybe. You know, I don't know. I, I wasn't too enchanted. I, I wasn't sure if he's going to be able to, you know, to get right back to the point where, you know, he's an auto start and a free 25 points a game, you know. But it's looking like that's what it's going to be because, like you said, this passing offense, obviously Ryan Tannehill isn't anything special. But without Ryan Tannehill, they don't. They don't have to field wide receivers. You know, why don't you just put out the rest of your offensive line and just just spam goal line rush form formation and let Derrick Henry do his thing. That's that's what I would do in Madden. So I was kind of laughing watching the game last night. You know, when I was like, man, this is what I used to do. Like back when I was playing Madden, you just hand it to Derrick Henry and let him take it. Obviously, you know, outside of that, there wasn't much production. Um, if you're gonna be if you're gonna have anybody on this offense, it's Derrick Henry. That's Really, all you can ask for. There's not much else to say about Derrick Henry. No, you know, he, he he's. I just wanted Derrick to. Henry. I just want yeah. to give him give him his flowers. Uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective, just because we haven't really been talking about him. And you know, if you guys watch my pod, our podcast and stuff before the season, we were not high on him, right? And yeah, part of the reason was because you know the numbers didn't look good, like his mm-hmm. age, the amount of carries he already had. Usually, running backs you know take a big dip, and the foot injury didn't help either. But hey, yeah, he's the king. Put the crown on him. Yeah. Okay. Crown the king. The, um, the, the question I have just before we go on about yeah. Derek Henry is, did anybody expect, like, did anybody actually, ex- I mean, you could say there's some Titan fan maybe, but did anyone actually expect him to just return right back the same way he was? Obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, we we got a lot of pushback you think? for that. Oh, yeah. We got so much pushback, bro. You should have seen my DMs. <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? This is the king we're talking about. This is Derek Henry. He's going to be fine. Like, you know, and I had my points, you know, I had my, I think they were relatively valid. Yeah. It is what it is, man. Derrick Henry was, Derrick Henry did his thing, dude. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, you, you do your best analysis 
to kind of come up with a conclusion. These these outliers are going to happen. That's why this game is fun. That's yeah. why if if things that if th- if everything happened exactly how you thought it was going to play out, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be where it's at. It wouldn't be the game we love playing. It's that it's the randomness that makes it fun, right? Yeah. You could do your best to try to determine what it is, and that's what we do as analysts. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you know, these type of performances happen, and these type of and that's why these guys are special. That's why we love to watch. Mm-hmm. And there's not that many players more exciting to watch than Derrick Henry, especially yeah. when he gets on. You know, when he gets a full speed, when he gets full speed in the open field, and there's a safety back there, like oh my god, yeah, you know, like he's coming right <laughs> at me. I got to make this tackle. Like that is that's something else, man. You know? And it's the one last thing about Derrick Henry. When you see him running, he takes such big strides. It doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but he's right. flying. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. So another guy who might be flying soon for the Chiefs is Kadarius Tony. He made his debut debut last night. Um, he saw the first target on the first play of the game, but didn't do much after that. And I can see him being a lot more involved next week. Uh, in the meantime, Juju had 12 targets himself, caught 10 for 88. Travis Kelsey caught 10 of 17 targets for 106 yards. Uh, keep in mind that Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 68 times. That's ridiculous. In this game. Uh, the so, anti-Titans. He was making up for what the Titans weren't doing. That's That was Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. He was doing the Derrick Henry type, had Derrick Henry type of volume, but, it, you know, as a passer. Yeah. Uh, but Juju's, if you look at Juju's target share, uh, it ends up coming out to 17.6%, which is literally like exactly what his target share was all year long. So it's not like his target share went up or anything with those 12 targets. Uh, just kind of like it is what his season average was. Uh, so just kind of keep that in mind. But this is like a good opportunity. Like if you want to sell Juju right now, like I'm not advising you to, but if you wanted to, like this is a great time. He had a couple of really good performances before the buy. 12 targets in this game. Like yeah. this is pretty good because you have that potential that Kadarius Tony comes in and be, is a lot more involved. Um, you know, and, and I just say McCole Hardman. Okay, if you have him on your roster, you might be able to sell him too in a package like he's had four straight good fantasy games yeah you know but this is not sustainable like less than 50 percent of his routes um you know f- of routes run from weeks four to six and then 57 percent of week seven then a buy then 50 57 percent last night route participation he needs to be up around 80 85 percent at least for a wide receiver to continue to sustain this type of performance he's basically doing Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, what he was doing you know, in the beginning of the season when he kept on scoring touchdowns, like McCullough Hardman took that from Clyde Edwards. That's literally what's happening with him. Yeah. You know, with Kadarius Tony coming on too now, you know, try to take advantage of some elevated value on your bench if you have him. Take advantage now mm-hmm. and while you can. Did anybody check under McCullough Hardman's helmet to make sure it wasn't just Clyde Edwards Hiller wearing his jersey? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did anybody check that? Because that's, that's, it's funny because you bring that up because it's just like, that's exactly kind of what I was thinking. You know, it's like he's producing, even though he's not getting all the targets and the work that he should. Um, not maybe not they should, but that you would expect with this type of production. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with just you know the Chiefs' offense being on a tear. Patrick Mahomes throwing a ball sixty-eight times, even though he can do it, he shouldn't be doing that. You know, every week. I don't. I don't think that's going to continue to hold up. Um, yeah, I think Juju. Honestly, he's looking like what we wanted him to be. You know, with Patrick Mahomes, what we kind of expected. You know, we thought Patrick Mahomes would elevate him. Um, a little bit. Not that Juju Smith needs Juju Smith Schuster needs to be elevated. You know, we know he's talented. He, he, he does. Okay, a little bit. I think he does. Uh, he can. Anybody can benefit. Even Cooper Cup can benefit from a little sprinkle of Patrick Mahomes magic. All right. Oh, of course, for anybody sure. Anybody can do with a little Patrick Mahomes magic. But Juju Smith Schuster seems. It took him a little while, but it seems like they're building the rapport now, and he's doing his thing. Um, 
know, yeah, he, he he looks good. It's a Call of Duty. I mean, imagine how much Call of Duty they played over this bye week. Yeah, right. That's what it must be. They how, they how many? How many? Uh, how many wins do you think they got? Like he's just conti- continuing. They probably killed it. I wonder how many battle royals they won. Yeah, like, over the past like, week, yeah, week yeah, and a yeah. half. <laughs> uh, if, if you were stashing Isaiah Pacheco, um, I think the only way he gets any sort of work this season is if Jarek McKinnon gets hurt. I think Ceh isn't the guy to worry about, honestly. Like McKinnon was on the field and ran 52 routes in this game. He saw eight targets, and Pacheco and Ceh combined for 39 percent of snaps. Combined for 39 percent of snaps. So Pacheco saw only five more snaps than Ceh. I don't think he's a mustache. He's not a mustache at this point. <laughs> That's what I was going to uh, say. <laughs> a mustache. He's not a mustache at this point. Uh, he's not a must-stash right now. Yes. Um, it, you know, I don't think you need to hold on to him. Like, even if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets hurt, let's say he does. I hope he does. I'm not going to wait. How much more does his value increase by? Like, maybe a little bit, you know, and, and he's still an RB2 at best. You know, low end RB two, I think. You know, and he needs some scoring opportunities, but yeah. I, I don't see it now. If McKinnon gets banged up, I think that's when Pacheco will likely, you know, have some mm. value. But even then, Ch Ch and him are probably going to have a fifty fifty split. You know, yeah. this is a three man backfield right now. With it seems like Jarek McKinnon, you know, it's obviously a pass first offense, and Jarek McKinnon is the guy they want catching the passes there. Um. That's why Isaiah Pacheco hasn't been doing very well. They haven't obviously last night looked really bad because they threw it 68 times. No one's going to do well on five carries, regardless. Even if they run that one of those in for a touchdown, two of those in for a touchdown, it's not going to be enough um, to make you fancy relevant on long term basis because yeah. this is where the volume just is not there. If the Chiefs were a little bit more, just a little bit more run based, maybe Isaiah Pacheco would have some value. But they've been throwing exactly. it; they've just been chucking around the yard the whole time. So Isaiah Pacheco is just getting the short end of the stick. It's nothing against him. It's just. The workload hasn't been there. So this is the last topic of this episode. I want to move on to Leonard Fournette. And we talked about the expected points, uh, the expected, you know, yards, you know, per carry, right? Like for, yeah. for Leonard Fournette earlier. What are we doing with him, Zach? Like, I, I know you, you've you been truthing for him. Yeah. You know, you haven't been worried. Three straight games of less than 10 carries. Seven of nine games averaging less than three yards per carry this year. He had three targets each of the last two games, but had seven targets, you know, this week to keep his fantasy value afloat in PPR leagues. But should we continue to be ranking him as an every week RB one right now, or is he out of that RB one conversation at this point? Um, if he's going to be an RB one, it's going to be a low end RB one. I'm not sure if I'd have him, you know, this next week as an RB one because they are playing Seattle and their defenses looked a little bit better. Um, but his production, he had okay. The usage hasn't been there. I know we preach usage here, but the production hasn't left you out to dry. And that's why that's the only reason I would have him. still as like maybe an RB2, high-end RB2 right now. He hasn't left you out to dry. The production has been there enough that you're not screwed putting him in your lineup and you can continue to start him in your lineup. He just doesn't have the upside that he had before. I think he can get back to it. It's just this offense has to, you know, get moving and find itself because there was another game which just looked terrible. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he hasn't looked great. You know, it's not like it's not like um, you know, what's his name is coming in. Rashad White is coming in and just like knocking the socks off everybody. Like, wow, yeah. like he should be the guy. It's not like a Tony mm-hmm. Pollard situation where he just comes in and you know every <laughs> every touch he gets is like going for ten yards. That's not really the case right now. But you know, it's more like, dude, like you just like can you play Leonard Fournette with confidence? And at this point, okay, here he, here are the running backs that you might want to play over him, right? Like McCaffrey. 
Yeah. Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Saquon, mm-hmm. um, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne. Um, who am I missing? Um, oh, Seahawks, uh, Kenneth Walker. Um, the, yeah, you know, yeah, there's Kenneth like a, a, a bunch of running backs. Steven, that, maybe Damian Pierce for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bunch of running backs that I think that, you know, it's going to shove him out of RB1 territory. It's I think so. Shove him out. Yeah. I think so. I think so. But he's still their guy. And, you know, hopefully they, they, their offense can improve, but it's not looking great right now. You got to, you got to knock him down a little bit at this yeah. point. Because Leonard um, Fournette's okay. going to go as the Buccaneers offense goes. And the Buccaneers offense yes. has been sucking. So Leonard Fournette's been sucking, you know? I, I, I agreed. Agreed. That's really what it's, what it's coming down to. Before we leave, any other injuries we need to talk about? You know, Josh Allen, we mentioned his elbow injury. Aaron Jones, we mentioned the echo injury. Deion J- Jackson, we mentioned his injury. I think that's about it. Yeah. There wasn't anything too crazy this week. So, um, so with that, um, thanks for thanks for listening to this podcast, guys. Appreciate you guys. If you could download, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, downloading and subscribing would mean the world to us. We really appreciate it. You guys tuning in every day uh, and hanging out with us. So we appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. We'll be back tomorrow with the Wave of Wire podcast. See you later. Bye-bye. Take it easy.